Section four of Stories in Black and White. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. To Please His Wife by Thomas Hardy. Part one. The interior of St. James's Church in Havenpool Town was slowly darkening under the close clouds of a winter afternoon it was sunday service had just ended the face of the parson in the pulpit was buried in his hands and the congregation with a cheerful sigh of release were rising from their knees to depart for the moment the stillness was so complete that the surging of the sea could be heard outside the harbour bar then it was broken by the footsteps of the clerk going towards the west door to open it in the usual manner for the exit of the assembly before however he had reached the doorway the latch was lifted from without and the dark figure of a man in a sailor's garb appeared against the light the clerk stepped aside the sailor closed the door gently behind him and advanced up the nave till he stood at the chancel step the parson looked up from the private little prayer which after so many for the parish he quite fairly took for himself rose to his feet and stared at the intruder i beg your pardon sir said the sailor addressing the minister in a voice distinctly audible to all the congregation i have come here to offer thanks for my narrow escape from shipwreck i am given to understand that it is a proper thing to do if you have no objection the parson after a moment's pause said hesitatingly i have no objection certainly it is usual to mention any such wish before service so that the proper words may be used in the general thanksgiving but if you wish we can read from the form for use after a storm at sea ay sure i ain't particular said the sailor the clerk thereupon directed the sailor to the page in the prayer-book where the collect of thanksgiving would be found and the rector began reading it the sailor kneeling where he stood and repeating it after him word by word in a distinct voice the people who had remained agape and motionless at the proceeding mechanically knelt down likewise but they continued to regard the isolated form of the sailor who in the precise middle of the chancel step remained fixed on his knees facing the east his hat beside him his hands joined and he quite unconscious of his appearance in their regard when his thanksgiving had come to an end he arose the people arose also and all went out of the church together as soon as the sailor emerged so that the remaining daylight fell upon his face old inhabitants began to recognize him as no other than shadrach jolliffe a young man who had not been seen at havenpool for several years a son of the town his parents had died when he was quite young on which account he had early gone to sea in the newfoundland trade he talked with this and that townsman as he walked informing them that since leaving his native place years before he had become captain and owner of a small coasting ketch 
which had providentially been saved from the gale as well as himself presently he drew near to two girls who were going out of the churchyard in front of him they had been sitting in the nave at his entry and had watched his doings with deep interest afterwards discussing him as they moved out of the church together one was a slight and gentle creature the other a tall large-framed deliberative girl captain jolliffe regarded the loose curls of their hair their backs and shoulders down to their knees for some time who may those two maids be he whispered to his neighbor the little one is emily hanning the tall one joanna fippard ah i recollect them now to be sure he advanced to their elbow and genially stole a gaze at them emily do you not know me said the sailor turning his beaming brown eyes on her i think i do mr jolliffe said emily shyly the other girl looked straight at him with her dark eyes the face of miss joanna i don't recall to mind so well he continued but i know her beginnings and kindred they walked and talked together jolliffe narrating particulars of his late narrow escape till they reached the corner of sloop lane in which emily hanning dwelt when with a nod and smile she left them soon the sailor parted also from joanna and having no especial errand or appointment turned back towards emily's house she lived with her father who called himself an accountant the daughter however keeping a little stationery shop as a supplemental provision for the gaps of his somewhat uncertain business on entering jolliffe found father and daughter about to begin tea oh i didn't know it was tea-time he said ay i'll have a cup with much pleasure he remained to tea and long afterwards telling more tales of his seafaring life several neighbors called to listen and were asked to come in somehow emily hanning lost her heart to the sailor that sunday night and in the course of a week or two there was a tender understanding between them one moonlight evening in the next month shadrach was ascending out of the town by the long straight road eastward to an elevated suburb where the more fashionable houses stood if anything near this ancient port could be called fashionable when he saw a figure before him whom from her manner of glancing back he took to be emily but on coming up he found she was joanna fippard he gave a gallant greeting and walked beside her go along she said or emily will be jealous he seemed not to like the suggestion and remained what was said and what was done on that walk never could be clearly recollected by shadrach but in some way or other joanna contrived to wean him away from her gentler and younger rival from that week onwards jolliffe was seen more and more in the wake of joanna fippard and less in the company of emily and it was soon rumoured about the quay that old jolliffe's son who had come home from sea was going to be married to the former young woman to the great disappointment of the latter just after this report had gone about joanna dressed herself for a walk one morning and started for emily's house in the little cross street intelligence of the deep sorrow of her friend on account of the loss of shadrach had reached her ears also 
and her conscience reproached her for winning him away joanna was not altogether satisfied with the sailor she liked his attentions and she coveted the dignity of matrimony but she had never been deeply in love with jolliffe for one thing she was ambitious and socially his position was hardly so good as her own while there was always the chance of an attractive woman mating considerably above her it had long been in her mind that she would not strongly object to give him back again to emily if her friend felt so very badly about him to this end she had penned a letter of renunciation to shadrach which letter she carried in her hand intending to post it if personal observation of emily convinced her that her friend was suffering joanna entered sloop lane and stepped down into the stationery shop which was below the pavement level emily's father was never at home at this hour of the day and it seemed as though emily was not at home either for the visitor could make nobody hear customers came so seldom hither that a five minutes absence of the proprietor counted for little joanna waited in the little shop where emily had tastefully set out as women can articles in themselves of slight value so as to obscure the meagerness of the stock in trade till she saw a figure passing without the window apparently absorbed in the contemplation of the sixpenny books packets of paper and prints hung on a string it was captain shadrach jolliffe peering in to ascertain if emily was there alone moved by an impulse of reluctance to meet him in a spot which breathed of emily she slipped through the door that communicated with the parlour at the back joanna had frequently done so before for in her friendship with emily she had the freedom of the house without ceremony jolliffe entered the shop through the thin blind which screened the glass partition she could see that he was disappointed at not finding emily there he was about to go out again when her form darkened the doorway hastening back from some errand at sight of jolliffe she started back as if she would have gone out again don't run away emily don't said he what can make ye afraid i am not afraid captain jolliffe only only i saw you all of a sudden and it made me jump her voice showed that her heart had jumped even more than the rest of her i just called as i was passing he said for some paper she hastened behind the counter no no emily why did you get behind there why not stay by me you seem to hate me i don't hate you how can i then come out so that we can talk like christians emily obeyed with a fitful laugh till she stood again beside him in the open part of the shop there's a dear he said you mustn't say that captain jolliffe because the words belong to somebody else ah i know what you mean but emily upon my life i didn't know till this morning that you cared one bit about me or i should not have done as i have done i have the best of feelings for joanna but i know that from the beginning she hasn't cared for me more than in a friendly way and i see now the one i ought to have asked to be my wife you know emily when a man comes home from the sea after a long voyage he's as blind as a bat he can't see who's who in women they are all alike to him beautiful creatures 
and he takes the first that comes easy without thinking if she loves him or if he might not soon love another better than her from the first i inclined to you most but you were so backward and shy but i thought you didn't want me to bother ye and so i went to joanna don't say any more mr jolliffe don't said she choking you are going to marry joanna next month and it is wrong to to oh emily my darling he cried and clasped her little fingers in his arms before she was aware joanna behind the curtain turned pale tried to withdraw her eyes but could not it is only you i love as a man ought to love the woman he is going to marry and i know this from what joanna has said that she will willingly let me off she wants to marry higher i know and only said yes to me out of kindness a fine tall girl like her isn't the sort for a plain sailor's wife you be the best suited for that he kissed her and kissed her again her flexible form quivering in the agitation of his embrace i wonder are you sure joanna is going to break it off with you oh are you sure because i know she would not wish to make us miserable she will release me oh i hope i hope she will don't stay any longer captain jolliffe he lingered however till a customer came for a penny stick of sealing wax and then he withdrew green envy had overspread joanna at the scene she looked about for a way of escape to get out without emily's knowledge of her visit was indispensable she crept from the parlour into the passage and thence to the front door of the house where she let herself noiselessly into the street the sight of that caress had reversed all her resolutions she could not let shadrach go reaching home she burnt the letter and told her mother that if captain jolliffe called she was too unwell to see him shadrach however did not call he sent her a note expressing in simple language the state of his feelings and asked to be allowed to take advantage of the hint she had given him that her affection too was little more than friendly by cancelling the engagement looking out upon the harbour and the island beyond he waited and waited in his lodgings for an answer that did not come the suspense grew to be so intolerable that after dark he went up the high street he could not resist calling at joanna's to learn his fate her mother said her daughter was too unwell to see him and to his questioning admitted that it was in consequence of a letter received from himself which had distressed her deeply you know what it was about perhaps mrs phippard he said mrs phippard owned that she did adding that it put them in a very painful position thereupon shadrach fearing that he had been guilty of an enormity explained that if his letter had pained joanna it must be owing to a misunderstanding since he had thought it would be a relief to her if otherwise he would hold himself bound by his word and she was to think of the letter as never having been written next morning he received an oral message from the young woman asking him to fetch her home from a meeting that evening this he did and while walking from the town hall to her door with her hand in his arms she said it is all the same as before between us isn't it shadrach 
Your letter was sent in mistake. It is all the same as before, he answered, if you say it must be. I wish it to be, she murmured, with hard lineaments, as she thought of Emily. Shadrach was a religious and scrupulous man who respected his word as his life. Shortly afterwards, the wedding took place. Jolliffe having conveyed to Emily, as gently as possible, the error he had fallen into when estimating Joanna's mood as one of indifference. End of section four.